Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. Father, we thank you as we get into the word today, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that your blessing is on the word, that you open it up. Father, that you help me to get this out clearly, Lord, and give you all praise and glory for everything all the time, Father, because we cannot do anything without you, and we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name, amen. And so, you know, not next Sunday, but the Sunday after, we're going to have laying on of hands. It'll be a, a, a briefer message not as long, and we'll have a space to lay hands. That's not next Sunday, it's the week after. And then Patsy has another part to this message next Sunday, so that's what we got, and then we'll have something different. So we have, after this Sunday, two more weeks on the healing bread. Okay, here's our text scripture that we started off, Matthew chapter 15 and verse number 26. It says, but he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. So we came up, uh, you know, because of the Bible, we, we understand that the dogs were the Gentiles back then, the children are the Jews, and the bread is healing. And that's how we started off the series, if you haven't been with us. And then we also learned the first Sunday that to, who's the children today? The church has become children. We now, as Christians, the church, we're the children of God, and still today, healing is our bread. The bread belongs to the children. So that's why we're looking at this, and bread is the primary food, especially back in that culture. You know, bread was a, a primary food amongst the Jewish culture back then. So we can say that it's just like, just like you have daily bread, we can have daily healing. And so even when you get up in the morning, I said this, I know, earlier in, in the series, but, you know, talk to your body. You can talk. J- Jesus, you know, spoke to a fig tree. <laughs> now, some people would think that's pretty strange, speaking to a fig tree, but Jesus is our Savior, and I don't think he had a weird cell in his body. Every single cell in his body was wonderful, and he spoke to a fig tree, and he gave us an example how we can speak. And, you know, and I, I know that some of, uh, maybe when your hair gets a little grayer, you know, it's, we know that we like to speak to our body even a little more often. <laughs> but it's good to speak. You know, we can either, we don't have to give in to the fact. Like, we can just say, okay, well, I'm getting older, so I just expect my body to break down. Well, why don't we just continue to speak to our body and let our body serve us well so we can serve him well. You know, serving him well with strength. Praise God. Okay, so today what we're going to look at as we move on in uh, just a different angle, uh, we want to talk about he finds us and we find him concerning healing. And so I ask you this question, you know, do, do we find God or does he find us? Which one is correct? And the answer to that is they are both correct. We find God. There's people that they give their testimony about, I found the Lord. But hey, there's other that the Lord finds them. And it can happen with also healing. So we're going to look into the Word today, and we're going to see how He can find people. He can find us and get us healing. But then, you know, in a sense, we're talking about two things, but one of them we can break into two. So, because one of them is he can find us, 
but then he can use us to find others. And then also we can actually uh, go to him and find him on our own. And we're going to be looking at that today. It's kind of like you can order food and go pick it up, or you could order it and have it delivered. And sometimes, you know, in, in our Christian walks, sometimes the Lord could send somebody to us to deliver us something, or we can actually pray and use our faith and receive it. And there's just different ways that we can uh, have healing. So Patsy last night, or last week, <laughs> um, last week Patsy taught on the different ways that God heals and covered about six or seven of them. And so you can, if you, have, if you weren't here and you didn't hear it, it's online. All you have to do is go to the website and you can listen to it uh, along with the notes. Uh, but there's different ways. We're, we're not going to look at every one of those. We're going to spend a little bit of time on two different things today, okay? And I just like to, you know, think that God is so merciful and he loves people so much because it says that God so loved the world that he gave and so if God loved the world so much that he gave Jesus, his own son, to shed his blood, to go to hell, to take stripes on his back, if he paid that kind of a price, then guaranteed he's going to come up with more than one channel or one way that we can receive from him. And so last week we looked at the different ways that God heals because he is going to come up with the way, different ways because he loves mankind so much, he's not going to allow the shed blood that he had his son shed ever go unwasted. He won't allow that to be a waste. That blood, he's going to do everything possible to see people saved and to get to them. And then those stripes that Jesus took on his back, he's going to do everything possible to get healing to people. That's just the way he is. So maybe you lived your life, and when you're going through life, maybe you're thinking God is against you, and he's not happy with you, and he's like looking at everything you do wrong. But maybe you should start thinking that he sent his son, and because of the precious blood and the stripes that his son took and the fact that he went to hell, maybe you should start thinking that God is looking for ways to get to you and to bless you because he paid a great price to get to us. And so when you're going through this week, don't the world tries to beat us up. Don't let the world beat you up. Just think about God and how much he loves you and how he wants to get to you. All, he's always wanting to love you. He's always wanting to help. He's always wanting to bless. He's always wanting to heal. That's God. So if it's not like that out there, don't let the world beat you up. Just let him love you all, all week long. Boy, let's write a song about that. <laughs> Country western. Huh? So let's look at this scripture today. Luke chapter 7 and verse 11. It says, Soon afterward, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son, and a large crowd from the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin and touched it, and the bearer stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Great fear swept the crowd, and they praised God, saying, 
a mighty prophet has risen among us and God has visited his people today and the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding countryside. So just a few things there. Um, of course, you know, when we talk about does he find us or we find him, that's what we're talking about. This young guy died and they were doing a funeral. They were going to bury him. So first of all, the mother, maybe she didn't hear about Jesus, but she didn't send anybody to Jesus, and that was her only son. And if you're a parent, you can know uh, that, uh, you know, who would ever want to lo- lose a child. And that was her only child, and she must not have heard about Jesus because she's going with the, the burial and going forward to put the child in the grave. And then Jesus shows up. She wasn't expecting anything. And then, of course, the son, he's dead. He wasn't expecting anything. So you see, there's some people that get hungry and go after God. There's other people that God goes after them. And they they were just going about their life. And think about that. Oh, man. Because that's like verse number 13. If you go back there, it's like they're going about their everyday life. Somebody died, and they're going to bury them. And then Jesus shows up, and it says, and if, he's, if Jesus is the express image, like in the book of Hebrews, it says that he is the express image of his Father. He came to reveal the Father to us. If Jesus came to reveal the Father to us, look at this. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Somebody going through their everyday life, and Jesus shows up. What, what does that tell us? When you're going through stuff, God's heart is overflowing with compassion while you're going to it. And then Jesus says, don't cry. I mean, think about that. You know, I know there, there's a lot of songs that are written about crying, you know, and, but man, God cares when people cry. So Jesus is like going, don't, it, I don't know, that just jumps out at me that I never really thought that God, if Jesus is the express image of God and he's showing us how the Father is, that tells us that God cares when you cry. God cares when you're going through stuff. That's what that tells us. God cares. And, and, and Jesus says, don't cry. But look at how his heart overflowed with compassion. Okay, so here's these people. Think about that this week. When you're going through something this week, think about that. That if you're going through something tough, and we all go through tough things, that when you're going through it, God, Jesus, they, they, they want, they don't, first of all, want you to cry, but their, their heart's overflowing with compassion. That's what we see, uh, first of all, that Jesus found them, and he cared. Okay, so he found the lady and her son. So there's times that you will get found by God. Okay, now I remember, uh, as far as when it comes to raising somebody from the dead, and that's what Jesus did. I don't know if you remember a few weeks ago, if you were here for every a message in the series, but we talked about compassion one week, just a short time. And what we said is some people say, well, I need more power. And they just need more power. Some Christians say that. And actually, we have all the power that we need. If you're born again, and the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you, and then for the, everyone that's filled with the Holy Spirit... Like, because then the Spirit comes on you, so we have the Spirit within us when we're saved, and then we have the Spirit come on us when we're filled with the Spirit. So, I mean, it's like, how much power do we need? But, you know, do you need? But we made this uh, comment that what you need, all of us, including me, we need more compassion. 
more compassion. So even when you see Jesus when he walked on the earth, he, it, he had compassion on the people and he taught. Now, I, I saw that scripture a long time ago and I thought, well, if I get called into the ministry, my objective when I teach isn't to show people how much I know and it isn't to, sh- to be a teacher, but if God calls me, first of all, you have compassion, so you teach from a place of compassion. Compassion is love and care, and you nurture, and you do it from there. So then when, when it's done from the place of compassion, the power can flow. The same thing is true with healing. If we, if we minister healing, compassion can cause all kind of power to go into operation. Does that make sense? So Jesus was just going and walking, and they were doing a funeral procession, and then he saw this lady, and he overflowed with compassion. So somebody once said it takes three spiritual gifts, gifts of the Spirit, to raise somebody from the dead. I mean, it's a lot of power, you know, because their spirit's already departed. Their spirit has to come back, like their spirit's up with the Lord. And so when you raise somebody from the dead, their spirit's got to get back in their body. Then whatever killed them has to be healed. And, you know, and so you got these things that have to happen to raise somebody from the dead. I mean, there's power involved there. So uh, years ago, we went to a conference uh, in 1980. Uh, we drove from my town to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to go to this conference. And so in the conference... An example, a, a testimony was given about Smith Wigglesworth. If, if you're here and you don't know who he is, he was a British man from England who, uh, in his ministry, nine people, or at least nine people, were raised from the dead. And so there was this one story that he was sure the Lord wanted to raise somebody from the dead because he died too young. So he took the guy and he picked him up and he threw him up against the wall and he hit the wall and slid down. And, he, and, then, and so he did it again, and he picked him up, and he said, in Jesus' name, you know, and he threw him up against the wall, and he hit the wall and slid down the wall. And then he, the third time, he was convinced, and he threw him up against the wall, said, in Jesus' name, rise, you know, come up, you know, whatever he said. I don't know exactly. But the guy came back to life. He was raised from the dead. So we're at this, and my brother and I went, and then we had a friend of ours come, uh, with us, it's, it's a friend that I've told you stories about him. He's given me a lot of stories to tell. So he's on the telephone. Uh, we, that's way back in the days where you had to stop and use a f- payphone back in 1980. So we had to stop by and get a payphone. I don't know if, if mobile phones were in, eight, in 1980, but he puts in his coins and he calls his mother. And not, we're standing outside our car waiting for him to call his mother. And he goes, oh, no, not Herbie. Oh, I, and we think oh, somebody, somebody in his family died, you know. And... Th- so we said what happened he goes our dog Herbie died but but he told his mother he said don't I know what to do leave Herbie right it was in their living room he said don't touch Herbie leave Herbie right there and it's in their living room and we still this was like Wednesday and the conference finished on Friday night we're going to drive back Saturday he told her to leave Herbie from Wednesday to Saturday laying dead on the floor And and, and his parents listened so he got home and he took Herbie and threw Herbie up against the wall and said, in Jesus' name, and Herbie hit the wall and went down and did it again and Herbie hit the wall and went down, did it again and Herbie hit the wall and went down and then he turned to his parents and said, well, I guess that doesn't work. Let's go in the backyard and bury Herbie. <laughs> but the point is, 
Smith Wigglesworth heard from the Lord. And he was sure God wanted to raise that person from the dead. He was copying Smith Wigglesworth. So you understand when it comes to some of these things, we, we don't copy. We have to really hear from the Lord, especially when it comes to raising somebody from the dead. But I do remember in the 1980s and the 1990s when somebody died, the, the Christians that I used to run with back in the 80s and the 90s, when somebody died, they, and they, they went to funerals listening. They went to funerals with the thought, we're going to see if God wants us to raise him from the dead. That used to be there. And it would be great if the church got back to that kind of thinking. That when somebody dies, when you go to a funeral, I'm just not going to say I'm sorry. I'm going to listen to God. And God might, if God says to raise him from the dead, then I'll do it. Because that was pretty strong in the 80s and the 90s. Okay, but uh, we're talking about then God, the way Jesus found that young man and raised him. But then what, what can happen is that he finds us and we find him. So I think I told you that one time that when I first got saved, I was a young Christian and I went to a, a, a man by the name of Ernest Angley. He was on TV in our area and this is back in the early 80s that I did this. Um, and I, I, or, yeah, I think it was in the early 80s. I went to where he was. He was about an hour away from where I lived and he, he didn't really pastor as much as he did special meetings uh, with healing and so there was like a, I don't know how many couple thousand people in the auditorium and I'm sitting there and I'm just a baby Christian and when I uh, was younger I, I would have to take shots in and for allergies my father gave me like an allergy shot during the summer I'd have to lay on my back and have a fan blow over me because of, of allergies to keep the air so I didn't breathe the wrong kind of air in from whatever was outside that was the days before air conditioning also. You know, so, so you, you do that. So I, I go to this meeting, and then the way the Lord found me, I'm sitting there, and he goes, you, you. And I'm, I'm going, who, me? You know, because I'm thinking I'm just a baby Christian. But when we made contact, he goes, yes, you. He goes, the Lord wants to heal you of your allergies. Receive your healing from your allergies. And I did. And I never took an allergy shot again, and I've never had trouble breathing again because of those allergies but they were really prevalent so we're talking about he finds us sometimes but then we find him too it goes both ways so we just looked at that example all right so let's look at another example in john chapter 5 and verse 2 it says now there is in jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which is called in hebrew bethesda having five porches in these lay a great multitude of sick people blind lame paralyzed waiting for the moving of the water. Now, just take a little break there, but when, when it comes to uh, this kind of ministry, this is what you would call the gifts of the Spirit, where there is a word of knowledge in operation, this kind, sometimes there is a waiting period because it depends on somebody else. So uh, somebody else has to hear from God and somebody else has to then obey God. So this is what you see. There's these porches and, and there is a multitude of people and they were all sick, all right? So then in verse number five, it says, now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. 
Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked, and that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him, who was cured? It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, who is the man who, who, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. And then just verse 17, it says, but Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. That's what Jesus said about the whole thing. My father's working, and I work. So that's a lot of verses there, but let's just simplify this now. All right, let's simplify it. So here's the thing. Again, there's a multitude of people, okay? And, uh, and I say again, well, there wasn't a multitude of people at the funeral. The next one we look at, we'll see multitude. But here's a multitude of people. Uh, they're all waiting. They're all waiting, okay? Then there was a man there for 30, there was a man who was sick for 38 years, in that condition for 38 years. That's what I love about God. No matter how long you've been tormented or sick, it doesn't matter. And that's what I love about God. So it's 38 years, okay? Then Jesus saw him, and so when he, Jesus saw him, it says he knew that he'd been there. That's what you call a word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is a piece of knowledge, and you know something, okay? So Jesus had a piece of knowledge for this one guy. He looked at him, and he knew that he's been there a long time. Along with any word of knowledge will come the, the, whatever's necessary to minister it. So if you get, like an example, if you get a word of knowledge for something, and, that, and then you pray for a person, if God gave the word of knowledge, he's also going to give the anointing or power to take care of it. So when you get something like that, just know if God gave you that much, he's going to give you the rest so you can pray for the person. It's going to, it comes together, you know. So Jesus looked at him, and then he knew, okay? And then uh, Jesus then told him after he talked to him, he said, rise, take up your bed, and walk. So what happened when Jesus gave that command, he immediately was made well. So here's a little thought here um, in the Bible we see that there is what you call one of the gifts of the Spirit. It's the gift of faith. But then we also see there is normal, everyday faith for Christians. Now, the faith that we live our Christian life with, we feed on God's Word, and we use and exercise our faith, and that faith can grow. So you, you have that kind of faith. But then this gift of faith, that's different. The gift of faith falls down out of heaven and you don't feed you don't have to feed on the word and it doesn't grow it's complete and even smith wigglesworth said he would say sometimes when he prayed for people i used all the faith that i had and i'm using all but then something came and fell out of heaven and fell on me and he said it was a faith much greater than my faith it was the gift of faith. And here's the thing about the gift of faith. The person that you're ministering to, they don't even have to know who you are. They don't have to know anything because when you have a gift of faith come on you and you speak that way, it's like God honors your word as if it's his word. And that's, that's different. And so what we hear, when you see something like this happen, what Jesus did where he, he saw the guy 
and he knew something, and then he gave a command, and when he commanded, then just that guy was immediately healed. That, that guy didn't know who Jesus was. That guy didn't, did he, do we have any proof that he had any faith or used his faith? That's the thing about the gift of faith. So as Christians, you can be walking down the street and you can look at somebody and the Lord could tell you something about them and you get a word of knowledge and then the gift of faith could come on you where you actually pray for that person and you give a command like that and that person is healed and they don't even know who you are. They never saw you before. This is still going on even now. It hasn't stopped. It's wonderful. So notice how it happened with Scott. He was immediately made well, and then he took up his bed and walk. Because we're going to look at another one where somebody acted before they got healed. This person acted after they got healed. And that, that's the thing. God, he makes it so there's so many different ways because God is so merciful that he'll do anything to help people. That's, that's just the way he is. He'll do anything to help people. Praise God. So that's just looking at this example. He was made well, and then he took up his bed and walked. And then here's, here's the crazy thing. When they asked who it was, he didn't know who it was. He didn't know. Je- he never heard of Jesus. He did not know who did that. He did not know who ministered to him. And that's the way that it can be, and even with you. God can use you that way in somebody's life, okay? Let's look at another one in Mark chapter 5 and verse 25. Mark 5, verse 25, it says, Now a certain woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years, there again you got 12 years, another long one, and suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, came, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Isn't that a contrast? So we're doing a little thing here, contrast. He finds us and we find him. Now, just before this story, we looked at that other story and they said, Who who, who healed you? The guy said, I don't know. He, He got, Jesus delivered life to that guy. Now, here what we see is Jesus told this lady, daughter, your faith made you whole. Totally different. Totally different. So what what you see here is this lady knew who Jesus was, and she used her faith to get her healing from Jesus. All right? So what we want to do today is we just want to uh, summarize this, and then we're going to do a little contrast. But this lady, first of all, we said 12 years the doctors couldn't help her. She was getting worse, uh, not better. Uh, she heard about Jesus. What did somebody tell her? What, what do you think they told her about Jesus? Somebody said there's a guy, a man, a, maybe a prophet, a, a holy man, whoever, however, but he's anointed, and power flows out of him. Whoever he touches is being made whole, but whoever touches him, whatever way, you can touch him or he can touch you. And she heard that, and she said, if I can touch him, I shall be made whole. And she got exactly what she said, exactly what she believed for, 
here's, an inter, here's something really important, that if you ever come up to have hands laid on you, what you believe about that's important. What you believe about is important. Like, so you believe that when hands are laid on you, you can either think, well, I'm going to see if, if they really, we'll see if they really got something. Well, you probably won't get much if you're going to just test it out and see if they got something. But if you actually believe when hands are laid on you that power will go into you, then you can have power going into you. That you believe that that power will go into your body and will heal you. It'll make a difference. Now, I, I had somebody just tell me a, a, a couple weeks ago how they got healed from the laying on of hands, but it's, it's definitely going on. I, I know somebody came up and told me that they were healed, but I, it was something with your throat, right? And it's, it, was it your throat or your head? And it's still, it's still well, right? And I don't remember how you got that, but anyway, he's thankful. He's thankful that he got healed. We had another person that uh, Patsy had a word of knowledge a couple weeks ago for somebody with their throat. And so they came up, prayed for him, and he wasn't able to sing for I don't know how long. And he went back to a seat that was, and he sang for the first time. You know, and so these kind of things are going on all the time because God is still alive. And when Jesus left, he said, the works that I do shall you do also. So the works of Jesus are still going on. It's almost like it should be normal for the body of Christ. So this, this lady, she said, if I can touch him, I shall be made whole. So what she did is she found out that he had power, and she said, if I can touch him, she knew that power would go into her and heal her. That's the way you want to come up. Anytime you have hands laid on you, that's how you want to receive, okay? So she left her house. She was like really sick and had all this pain. She was nothing better but rather grew worse. She spent all of her money, but she left her house and she walked through the streets. She pushed her way through a multitude of people to get to Jesus and touch him, okay? And then that power went into her body and Jesus then told her, he said, your faith made you whole. He gave her faith credit, all right? So now we, what we want to do is we just want to do a little contrast between these two things. Okay, so contrast. He finds us, and we find him, all right? So the lady that we just looked at, she found Jesus, but then the one before that, Jesus found the man. So let's just talk about this a little bit. First thing is this. The lady found Jesus. How did she do that? By going to him and she used her faith. That's how she did that. But then Jesus found the man with a word of knowledge. So just, you know, in our everyday life as Christians, how does that apply? Well, when you are in your home, you can find Jesus through prayer and get anything that he's provided for you by praying and using your faith and receiving every day of your life. But then you can have somebody get a word of knowledge for you, but then you can also get a word of knowledge for someone else. And a word of knowledge would be like a, a, a sliver of information that lets you know that somebody has some kind of sickness. And then because you get that, you can minister to them. So you can be out anywhere, and we have it, as I say, we have it going on. There, there was, um, and I think Patsy mentioned it, but there was one, a young lady here that uh, she was out at a store or somewhere where there's a bunch of people and she went up to was it a guy or a man a man and she said you know 
the, the Lord showed me something about you. And she's, uh, it was about him being really hurt. And he, he didn't want to go there, so he kind of like put it off for a while, right? But then he gave into it. And he said, yeah, I, I have been hurt. I've gone through a divorce. And then the word was like, you want to kill yourself. And then it all finally came out. She ministered to this guy because she got that word of knowledge about him. And, real, and then he, he was sick, and she prayed for him. So he got helped where he didn't want to kill himself, helped not to commit suicide, but he got healed at the same time. That happened through a word of knowledge. She was like a vessel that God used to take that to that man and help him to not kill himself and get him healed. That's the way that these things can work, okay? So uh, then let's talk about this. We're just like uh, gonna be closing here real soon. The lady found Jesus in a multitude of people using her faith, okay? So, think, so that lady that had the issue of blood, she made her way through a multitude and she was able to get to Jesus with a multitude of people around and get what she needed. You know, and I like to think about this, even in a congregation, when we're worshiping the Lord, you know, you can get to Jesus, you can get to God anytime we're worshiping the Lord, anytime, because he knows you amongst a multitude, he knows you in a congregation, and we can get things and receive from him right while we're worshiping the Lord, just like we, we sang it today, okay? But then, <clears throat> Jesus found the man in a multitude of people, and that's what the gifts of the Spirit will do. You can be out at the Westfield Carindale, the Westfield Mount Gravette, the Hyperdome, the Westfield Kumara. The, you can be out at any place, you know. You can be at South Bank. You can be at Eagle Street Pier. You can be anywhere where there's people. That's Queen Street Mall. You can be anywhere where there's people. The, Woods, the Woodridge train station, because we've had people go to the Woodridge train station, Underwood, everywhere. You know, you can go anywhere where there's people and you can take and deliver something to them. So Jesus found that man in the multitude, okay? I told you that story one time about uh, my friend, that the one I tell stories that just threw the dog up against the wall. But... <laughs> That I, I just did that, I guess. Um, but he, he went to the Carolinas. We were, we were from Ohio. He drove to the Carolinas to the PTL club. Uh, that, I don't know if anybody here remembers the PTL club. And there was this one evangelist there for that week. And he really had problems with insecurities. And so we come from a small town. I came from a town of about 50, 55,000 people pretty small compared to this area and uh and then we had also we at the time we were going to a, a, a pentecostal church not a real big church he left there and went there and there's six thousand people in this meeting in the carolinas you know and he was sitting there thinking wow first of all he didn't realize the body of christ was that big you know you're just from a little town and then he had insecurity problems so he's thinking man does God even know me? I'm nobody. Who am I? I had these big dreams that I was going to do something for God, and I'm nobody. And right while he's thinking all these, the guy goes, you, right there. And he goes, yeah, you, you. He goes, God knows you, and God has a plan for your life. And he got him right there in the, in, in a, amongst 6,000 people. You know, and God would be saying that to everybody. God knows all of us, and he has a plan for all of our lives. And so, so the, you know, you can get found in the multitude of people. God will do that. Okay, let's look at this. Um, the lady heard and acted on behalf of self. 
she heard about Jesus and she acted for her own self and she got healed because she used her faith and her faith got her to Jesus, okay? But then Jesus, what he did, and that's what the gifts of the Spirit will do and God will use you that way or God may use somebody to do that for you also, but um, Jesus, he saw and acted on behalf of another and that's what the gifts of the Spirit do. They'll see and act on behalf of another. God will give you a sliver of information so you can help somebody else. And that's the difference between those two things. Okay? And then the lady, she knew who Jesus was, but the man did not know who Jesus was. And that's the difference. See, once you know about Jesus and you know everything he's done for you, then you can go to him and use your faith and anything he's supplied for us in the plan of redemption you can go and get that okay that's the wonderful thing about faith but then the lord can give a word of knowledge and you can go to somebody like i said anywhere and you can give them something and they don't even they've never seen you before that man that i just talked about never saw that young lady before that gave him that word of knowledge never saw the, but he got helped uh, that's what the gifts of the Spirit can do. And then the lady, she pursued Jesus, okay? But the man, he was laying there waiting. And that's probably the difference. Like, if you want somebody else to get you help, you may have to wait because that means God has to speak to somebody. They have to hear, and then they have to obey. But then you can go to God anytime you want, 24 hours a day, if you pray, and that's kind of how it is sometimes with the gifts of the Spirit. Um, you, you might not get it immediately, okay? It is interesting in the church world, in the book of James, it says, if you're sick, call for the elders of the church. So it is interesting how these things will work outside the church more consistently because the people out there, they're not saved and they don't know anything about God and they don't know what they have. But in the church, we are saved. We know about God and we know everything we have. So for a church person, it says call for the elders of the church. So in a, in a church, you don't even have to wait. You might say, well, I want somebody to call me out and if they do, I'll come up to get prayed for because I'm sick. Well, the Bible actually says you don't have to do that. You can call for the elders of the church. That's the, and, and that's the way that God set it up. So you don't have to wait to get prayed and you don't have to wait for a word of knowledge in church you just come up and you call for the elders and um i don't know we had anointing oil somewhere here it's right there and, and you can be anointed with oil okay and then the lady used her faith to tap into the river of life so that lady she heard about jesus and she went and went through the multitude and she used her faith and she tapped into the river of life but then jesus with the gifts of the word of knowledge he brought the river of life to the man uh because the, the, the word of knowledge led him to that man. So we can tap into life anytime we want to using our faith, but then God can speak to us and we can take life to people by following that, okay? And then lastly, the lady acted before she was healed and the man acted after he was healed. So these are the kind of things that we saw by just looking at these three different stories. These are different things that we saw. The lady, and that's how it is with faith, you believe, you receive it, even before you have it, okay? But now the man, some, Jesus ministered to that man and he didn't know anything. And it was like a gift of faith went into operation and everything, that man just was like there and he just got blessed and healed. Okay, so really that's all we have time to talk about today. Uh, I just, I, I trust that these kind of things help you to be more effective 
in your Christian walk. Father, thank you so much for everyone that's here, Lord. We just worship you and thank you, Father God, that you're equipping us to be the church. Father, that we're a church that we reach out to the lost. Father, that we uh, take your word out of here. We take the power out of here. We thank you for also in here, Father, in our in our sanctuary here, in our congregation for the power that's here. Father, before we leave today, it's really important that we make sure that every person sitting in this auditorium is, they know Jesus is Lord and they're assured to go to heaven, Father. So thank you, Lord, for speaking to people here. And Father, if they are, are not a Christian, if they're not saved, Father, let them know without a shadow of a doubt that you sent your son Jesus and he died for them and that he desires so much to save them. Thank you for speaking to their hearts today, Father God. Thank you for helping them in Jesus' name. With your eyes closed before we leave today, we want to give you an opportunity. This will be the most important thing you ever do in your life. If you're with us today and you have not come to the saving knowledge of knowing that Jesus Christ died for you, he shed his blood for you, and he wants to save you. He wants to be your Lord. The Lord is reaching out to you right now because he loves you. He loves you. He wants your spirit to be saved so you can spend eternity in heaven. And the Bible makes it really simple. The Bible tells us if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead you'll be saved it's a simple confession of faith declaring God raised Jesus from the dead so we're going to pray that prayer right now and this will be the most important thing you ever do your destiny everything will change if you accept Jesus as your Lord you will live forever in eternity you'll be in heaven your life on the earth will be better because you'll become a Christian. The life of God and everything God did for you will come into your life. So we're going to pray this prayer and we're going to pray it together as a church family and all you have to do is repeat this prayer and say it from your heart. Every fiber of your being, mean it from your heart. So let's pray this together. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you so much you came for me you died for me you shed your blood for me thank you for that love I want to confess you as Lord now Jesus I call you Lord Jesus I believe God raised you from the dead you're welcome in my heart you're welcome in my life thank you for dying for me Thank you for loving me. The fact that you love me makes me want to love you. You first loved me. Jesus, you're my Lord. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at if you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.